I've gone as far as to <laughs> coming up with the idea of eating cat food because I thought it would be a good snack on the go, highly dense, nutritious treats to carry in my pockets. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Character with me, Ryan Satin. Happy New Year. I'm going to be honest with you here. I usually film these a week early, so I did not have a chance to wish you all a Happy New Year and a Merry Christmas as well. We shot four weeks of episodes in a row, so I get some time with the fam over the holidays. But now we're back. We're in the studio, and we've got an awesome guest this week. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Out of Character, Rick Boogs. What's up, man? How's it going? Hey, guys. I'm just ecstatic to be here on Out of Character. I know that you only have the biggest and the best on the show, so now I can join the cream of the crop. Well, I feel Happy like I feel Thank like you're you. physically one of the biggest for sure. Oh well, you know I, I'm pushing it. I'm pushing. Let me just say right now here: when I debuted on SmackDown, since then, old Ricky B here has put on about 20 pounds. Damn. Okay, so let me just talk about how difficult of a task that is when you got a transition from development. You know, I'm home. I'm home a lot. I'm home all week, every week to be on the road five days a week. Right. Most people will melt. They'll lose weight. Look at sick and run down, but I'm thriving right now. I'm growing like a weed. What do you do to do that? I'm very interested because I've watched your YouTube channel. I got into a full, I got sucked into your YouTube channel last night. Huge fan of it. I have seen how wild some of the different things you try out are. I saw you eating raw onions. I saw you downing <laughs> syrup. I saw you eating garlic. So what do you do to put on 20 pounds in that amount of time? Well, first of all, let me just say that, uh, listen, I go to the extreme. I'm probably going to be one of the most extreme people you've ever, ever talked to on a character or met in your entire life. I've gone as far as to <laughs> coming up with the idea of eating cat food because I thought it would be a good snack on the go, highly dense, nutritious treats to carry in my pockets. So at all times I was uh, like calorically satisfied, uh, micronutritionally full, if you will. Uh, and it was, it was disgusting. Uh, it didn't last very long, but the fact is I went that far. How long, wait, uh, how long did you asking, do the cat food for? Uh, I, I tried to make it work I, for a whole bag of cat food. <laughs> See what I, I did, I went to the store and I said, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna get the cheap stuff. If I'm gonna eat cat food, I'm gonna go, the highest quality. So kind of undercover, I go to the best pet food store and ask them what's the best premium cat food, right? So, you know, make it seem like I really care about my cat. <laughs> One fact is I want the I want the sweet potatoes, I want the salmon, I want the the kale bits, I want all of that stuff. So I I, I lasted about the entire bag of cat food. I just had to work around it, and instead of eating it like snacks, I eventually try to get creative and uh, drizzle cheese and sour cream and try to turn it into like a free whole lace dish, oh um, like a Mexican cuisine, to try to mask the flavor. Oh, oh man, that's so crazy! I and I, <laughs> you're right. You, I, I knew going into this that you were going to be the most extreme uh, guest that I had just because I, like I said, I was, I've already been a fan of your YouTube videos, but last night and the <laughs> days leading up to this, I was prepping for this, watching your YouTube videos. And I was like, how do I prep for this interview? I don't know how to prep for this interview. I wrote questions. I wrote things down and I feel like I'm going to get to maybe a third of it because 
you interest the hell out of me. And just hearing the cat thing, <laughs> well, there's a chalk, there's a cat drawn out of chalk next to your head. But just hearing, you know, <laughs> all of that, I, I, <laughs> I knew that it was going to be my doodles. I'm an artistic individual. <laughs> Right. At all times, I need to express creativity and helps me in all facets of life. So whether it's doodling on the wall or uh, coming up with music, whatever, whatever it may be. So, OK, let's get back. You did, I, the cat food. Amazing. But how. OK, so what did you do to put on the 20 pounds? And since you've come on to SmackDown. Oh, I uh, well, I go through extreme diets, not diets in a sense, but mega bulks, if you will. So if I do something, I have to do it. Hundred percent. So, one of the successful bulks is the uh, dozen bagels a day. Or normally, you can get bagels in the bag. You get about I think a six of them or so per bag. So two two bags of bagels. That's putting you at about twenty six hundred calories. Uh, if you're gonna do the peanut butter, you gotta eat the entire jar of peanut butter. It's about four thousand calories there. Um, and in terms of, I, th- I believe it's the bagels that were been the biggest extreme caloric surplus, if you will. The, I've, done the, I've done a gallon of milk in the past, a gallon of whole milk. That was a very successful bulk. So then I try to push that. So let's see what happens if we can do two gallons of whole milk. And that basically made me pee, every, you know, about every five minutes. A little too much liquid. I had a point where I had my refrigerator stocked up with 24 gallons of milk because <laughs> I got the raw milk. I got raw milk from a farm and they uh, only deliver in bulk. So I got 24 gallons stored in the fridge. <laughs> just a fridge of milk. <laughs> that's that's kind of looks so funny, like an episode of Cribs where you open the refrigerator yeah. and it's just all milk in there, basically. And then you, and then you open the freezer and it's frozen milk. <laughs> So, <laughs> so wait, is, were you milk is stored everywhere? Were you doing like the um, like the Joey Chestnut style, where you put it in water to make it easier to eat that many bagels a day? Because that seems like an extreme amount of uh, bagels to eat in one day. No, bagels are very easy to eat. Twelve. Well, I usually eat a whole bag in one sitting. Damn. Yeah, you know it's carbs. Yeah. Carbs. Uh, that's. I think that's the trick that people want to lose weight. They avoid the carbs because they can eat endless amount of carbs, but. You know, if you're working hard and you're in the gym three hours and you're lifting, you know, weights that can kill you if something goes wrong, then you need those carbs to fuel you. You know, you're talking about, you know, bulking and, you know, your successes in, in bulking. Uh, I found it interesting when I was looking at your YouTube channel and I was I watched old videos and I, I went back and I was digging around looking at different stuff. And uh, I found it interesting how you were talking about um how you were mainly all about the deadlifting before, but then when you got injured in NXT, yeah. you had to you had to like start doing the bulking thing, and you got really into the the bulking thing. And now, dude, it's it's crazy to see the difference between you when you started in NXT to now. Like when you started yeah. in NXT, you don't have the long hair, you know, you don't have the facial hair. You're you're a nice, uh, smiley young man, and it's it's interesting to see like the transition you've gone through from then to now. I've aged a hundred years as well with the facial hair and the long hair and the bloated face. And yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I'd say you, you gained like man years. I feel like you, you went from like a, like a happy boy <laughs> to like a rocking man now. Cause you like are just this like beast of a man, you know? Yeah. 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 Grew some chest hair. Got a very furry stomach now. Uh, yeah. 
it's been a good transformation. Let's see if we can kind of take that the next level up. I'm excited to see where we are in the next few years to come. Because you know I'm not going to pull. I'm not, you know, I'm not pulling back. You know what I'm saying? I'm going all up. The things are just getting more extreme here. So, well, you must be having a blast on SmackDown so far, since you've I mean, you've been there less than a year, but you seem like you're having a great time. Oh, absolutely! SmackDown's the best, and I'm keeping very busy. I'm getting a lot of great opportunities. First of all, great exposure. I've been on SmackDown on TV in terms of being seen pretty much every single week that I've been there, and on top of that, I'm doing the live events essentially every single week. So on the road, I'm on the road a lot. I'm getting lots of reps. I'm getting tons of uh, amazing experiences in, in front of very full arenas, energetic crowds, getting to entertain the masses. It's, uh, it's been quite the uh, extravaganza thus far. Well, those live events... Stuff. Those live events you were talking about, I was uh, I was cruising through your cage match and I was looking at some of the live event matches that you've been having. <laughs> and I saw that, you know, you wrestled Roman Reigns, you wrestled Corbin, like you're wrestling some of the top guys yeah, in I've WWE. Roman yep. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've been getting some pretty good experience there. And now me against Roman, you know, we weren't in there together for very long, but the tension was very high. The energy was through the roof. Uh, those fans did not know what to expect. And then I busted out a drum solo and the place just lost their minds. <laughs> well, how much have you been enjoying working with Shinsuke Nakamura? <laughs> oh, he's the best, man. He's a great mentor. Uh, I always get his opinion, right? Because he's there right by my side. There's one show only, one show. And this was uh, the day after Christmas. The only time that I was at a gig without old Shinsuke and it just didn't feel right, you know. I got to have him by my side, you know. It's uh, get some good feedback from him, get some good advice, get some deep insight as to, you know, pre-match, post-match. Uh, we're, we're kind of a, a strong brotherhood of artists, if you will. Is there anything that he's kind of instilled in you that you've taken to heart to, that's really helped you grow as a performer? You know, it's just... Um, just re-ingraining the importance of character, right? Because I know how important a character is uh, in terms of being memorable for an audience, but he really ingrains that and reminds me and lets me harp on the importance of character moments during matches, performances, things of that sort. You know, like a lot of times it's like, you think about good action, right? You want to think about how can we like what kind of stuff would be cool to do in the ring in terms of like, uh, you know, power moves or something. But at the end of the day, you know, he's, he's always very quick to be on me about, you know, well, where are you going to bust up that drum solo? <laughs> right. Where are you going to do that kind of stuff? And I love it because that's, you know, ever since uh, my early days in development, it was, you know, where can I do the power rock slide and I'll play some drums here. Maybe a little Angus Young, guitar style or air guitar, you know, things of that sort. Where do I, you know, place those little doozies? Yeah, I think that's really cool to hear because I think that, you know, a lot of people would assume with the guy like Shinsuke Nakamura, who's, you know, one of the best wrestlers in the world, that it might be moves or crispness or a little more strong style. But it's cool to hear that he's like, no, character is where you're really going to get over. And it has been helping for you, like, I, I've noticed just in the past few weeks, the, the crowd does seem to be 
uh, saying your intro along with you. And it, and I, I, I even noticed one time you were almost taken aback by it. You were like, whoa, this crowd is actually doing this with me now. This is awesome. No, I'm, <laughs> it's true. It's quite often I'm taken aback by it. Right. Everything, you know, these are not uh, premeditated uh, actions and facials and things of that sort. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just having a good old time. Like, when I smile, it's genuine smiles, you know? Yep. Yep. That's why I felt that way when I watched it. I was like, you know what? That you could see it in your face because you went to do it and they did it before you. And it almost it almost caught you in your tracks. Like, you were like, whoa, all right, cool. Let's do this together now. Like, let's let's do this. And it's like, you know, knowing that you love music so much. It's, it's cool that you get to do wrestling, which you've loved since you were a kid, music and yeah. entertaining all at once. And it's working. And I, I love that so much for you. My life is finally kind of, I mean, it's come full circle. And it's, that is a great picture. My life has come full circle in a sense, because when I was in high school, uh, you know, I, I, well, ever since I was uh, a 10, I believe 10 years old, I started playing bass guitar because my older brother got to play the, the electric guitar because electric guitar was cool, but I was a younger brother, so I couldn't play the cool instrument, so I had to play the rhythm. And then eventually, once he moved out, I took his guitar, his electric guitar and his amp, and I just started <laughs> doodling on it. And, uh, and then me and my friends kind of started a band, and then once I got to college, I wrestled at University of Wisconsin, a very intense, high-level wrestling program. We were fourth in the country when I was there. Um, I really didn't have time for, you know, noodling around on the guitar anymore. And, uh, so it's like, what am I going to do? Am I going to focus on wrestling or am I going to focus on tunes? And ultimately the tunes took the back door, right? They had to go on their way out. And, uh, now it's like things have come full circle, things that I love, right? I love strength, lifting weights, being, uh, intense and grappling, and playing guitar and high-pitched screaming and they all get to <laughs> encompass my life now i love how uh, your brother has been such a driving force in, in getting you to do things like i when i was watching your i watched that manipulating your mindset video on your youtube channel and you were yeah. and you were talking about how you know you were you started lifting weights at like 11 or 12 years old because your brother was always picking on you and then you know, you wanted to be good at wrestling because he was making fun of you for losing at wrestling. And, you know, you did metal, you know, you did guitar because he played guitar. And yeah. I, I, I find uh, so much familiarity in there with me and my brother. It's, it's funny, but it's like also, I think it roots from deeply rooted scars of torment and bullying from my older brother, <laughs> which it's really, right? It's all uh, helped me blossom into the man that, you see before you on this out of character episode yeah my brother once i remember you know you'd see like that prank that people would do where like you'd call someone into a room and they'd have like a bucket on the door but it was it was hanging from the wall so the water would fall on the person's head when they opened the door oh yeah my brother didn't put the string to the ceiling so he called me in the room with the bucket on the door and i just opened it and the, the heavy ass bucket full of water just fell on my head and almost knocked <laughs> me out you know so so i i get having a, a bully for an older brother very much yeah absolutely it was a torment day in day out torment him moving out to college is the greatest day of my life i i am not even kidding i, was, I, was I like, always so, say that too i couldn't even believe it I, total freedom it, it was the best when you realize like wait he's not gonna get bored and just open his door and come start pestering me in the middle of the day yeah yeah it was it was unbelievable 
and I love him, but I uh, I hated him with all my might. And it really made me, a, I think, a, a strong individual looking back now. Like, I, I think I would have a hard time going through the experiences. Like, uh, college wrestling is a very hard sport, and I was yelled at quite a bit. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't ever let any of those stuff get to me because I was, you know, uh, bullied and beaten up by my brother my entire life. So, <laughs> <laughs> are you guys friendly now? Have thick skin. Oh yeah, we're fine now. I don't know. You know, it's just uh, I don't, I don't know. I'm not. I've never been an older brother. I've always been the youngest. So I don't know what it is. But I think he just really wanted to instill his dominance in the household. So he would he would learn like you know he started wrestling a year before I did. And he was three years older than me, so he went through puberty before I did. So he would learn a new like like a cradle he would learn like he would put it on me and just like squeeze me as hard as he could and not let me free so it's like i had to it was like i will die if i don't break out of this pit yeah yeah my brother and i we used to do backyard <laughs> wrestling with each other and i remember like i would know i'm not gonna get any offense in here he's just gonna do every move he saw on tv to me and it's gonna hurt so bad and i'm just gonna have to take it and there's nothing i can do because he's bigger than me so I completely understand. Yeah. Wait, since he was yeah. a wrestler too. My, uh, my dad bought us my, my dad bought us some boxing gloves, which was oh, the no, worst no, thing ever. Because no, no. I remember like <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's box. And he just like straight up just knocked me out. There's <laughs> 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 like, no chance for like eleven year old kid with no muscle versus a teenager. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Do you get to rub it in his face now that you're successful that you're success in wrestling and he is no, not? I mean, well, He's very he's very successful in his own right. But not in well. wrestling. He, uh, he was a wrestler. So I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what his deeply rooted scars were. But he's a he's a biomedical engineer Ooh. that ended up. Uh, I don't even. I can't even know everything he does because it's so beyond me. I'm just straight up meathead, and he's now he's a brilliant. Let's see, he's heart researcher, biomedical engineer, and now he's uh, doing radiology in his like. I don't even know. I think he already finished his residency. I don't know. I can't even keep up. With yeah, that. but you could but. totally kick his ass now. So that's all that really matters. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> you could kick the. I'll out of my bed. any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, those books aren't going to save him now. <laughs> so uh, you know, I was I had Corbin uh, Baron Corbin on the show a few weeks ago, and he was talking about how a lot of people who have been coming up from NXT in the past you know year, let's say that they've kind of changed how they were doing it, and they're pairing them up with, you know, a more seasoned talent to kind of mentor them along the way. You know, there's Omos and AJ Styles and you and Nakamura. There's him and Madcap and a few others. Um, do you eventually, though, want to break out and do some more singles action going forward? Uh, I think it's inevitable that it's going to happen. I'm not looking to, like, rush it by any means because I feel like me and, and, and Shin have not even scratched the surface yet of what we can do together, combining our forces, right? Like we're just getting cooking here. Uh, we've only had a couple of tag matches together and he suffered a hand injury that's kept him out for, you know, close to two months now, it seems like. So I'm kind of just looking forward as of right now for him to be healthy and cleared and then us to just, you know, kick some tail. And then from there, you know, down the road, we'll, you know, branch off. But I'm not, uh, I'm in no rush with that because like you were saying, it's a new approach pairing up the seasoned vets now with the new up and comers. And I think it's obviously for a reason, you know, and it just helps with getting more exposure, TV time, uh, valuable insight. Like, I don't think he'd be as willing to help me out if I wasn't like, you know, 
with him. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's a strong style shred, babe. We weren't a, a pair. You know, why? what's his incentive to help me? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like also, uh, you know, it's it's like you said, the getting the reps in is it's what the most important thing is right now. And I think that it's also been great that in that time that Nakamura uh, hasn't, you know, ha- has been dealing with that hand injury, uh, that they still have you guys on TV. I mean, you've been coming out and doing the intro for him just to do the intro for him to kind of keep you guys fresh in everyone's mind. And I feel like that's been so beneficial to you more than anyone. Amazing. Yeah, you know, the live events, I'll have singles matches now, but I still introduce him. We come up, <laughs> come up with his tunes or rocking. And then it's old Ricky B with the match. You know, sometimes the crowd's a little confused, but I think maybe <laughs> I should clarify on that now that I'm not just here to you know, rock out with the Intercontinental champ. I'm here to destroy. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I feel like Pat McAfee has also really helped you guys in just getting over with the TV audience, you know? And then when people come, they want to be as hyped up as Pat McAfee is when he's watching you guys. And I think it's really helped get all of that over as well. Oh, that's the man, dude. I know. Since NXT, uh, you know, me and Pat, we kicked it off well. Right. And uh, now with with Shin, you know, doing the entrance and all that, like there's this was never planned. This kind of just organically happens. And uh, I think he just wanted to combine forces, go Shin and Boogs. And I think it was the right move. And like you said, it's uh, it's uh, I don't think it would work well if it was uh, fabricated in a sense, like premeditated. You know, it's just uh, he just feels it. He just wants to move. He wants to groove. Now, you know, I'm I'm more than welcome to let him on the Boogs cruise. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Well, speaking of the Boogs cruise, and you've mentioned NXT and stuff, you know, I, I was always surprised <laughs> that when you were in NXT that you weren't a, a bigger presence on TV there. You had that, you know, you had like a brief little moment where you were doing the air guitar and stuff. And then I feel like, you know, you, you, something happened. You were never a bigger player there. Do you know, was there a reason for that? Do they feel like you still needed more... <laughs> in-ring reps like what was going on there yeah i think uh, i think the way that i would like to see it is potential was so high they didn't want to let the cat out of the bag too early they wanted me to get a lot of reps i you know i was working all the the florida loop coconut shows you know for years uh to get more experience and to be in main events per se um and it was good i'm, I'm very uh, grateful for all that time that i had because now, right, I feel like I'm where exactly I should be. And it's not like anything was rushed. It, you know, like, oh, this guy, this guy's got something with his little air guitar shtick in NXT. This is back in 2019. Let's, you know, keep utilizing him. Uh, I'm glad they didn't in a sense because I think that I think it all worked out. I don't think it could have worked out any better in all honesty. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it's, it's, it's crazy when I went back and watched that stuff. Because like I said, I saw on your YouTube channel where you said you talked about how before you were more of a deadlifting guy and then you started to, to bulk more when you were injured. And it was crazy that you were in yeah. good shape then, but now you're even you're like double the size uh, like uh, in the upper body than you were back then. So now it's perfect because honestly, <laughs> you look you look like a pro wrestler then, but now you look like someone who should be a world champion. <laughs> well, that's I mean, that's also why I'm grateful, you know, because. Sure, they could have used me back in 2019, and I think that I would have still had some good entertainment to contribute and be a valuable part of the show. But I mean, ultimately, I'm, I wasn't the man that I am right now. Right? I have more hair on my chest. I have more experience. I'm uh, a lot stronger. Right? <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm much thicker, fuller. 
and dense. And uh, like you said, I mean, I think uh, I just have a bigger presence now, if you will. Everything, everything's just gotten bigger. With time, with time comes uh, gold, per se. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're patient, you will be paid out with riches of whatever you're you're pursuing. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like I've I'm with my own platform, like with you're saying with YouTube and stuff. Like that's that's grown tremendously from a few years ago. So like I just have a more organic following. I have a lot of people supporting me that want to see me succeed. It's just everything's better now than it was back then. Yeah, I, I, I know I've mentioned your YouTube channel here, but I, I don't know if a lot of the WWE universe that maybe doesn't watch lifting videos on YouTube knows how prominent <laughs> of a YouTuber you are. But like, man, you've got like a serious following. And, I, and, and when I was looking at your videos, I was even looking in the comments and it was like, you've got a full on community of like guys, people who follow you for, for motivation to a certain degree. And I think that's super cool. Yeah, I got, I'm kind of a cult leader, if you will. <laughs> yeah. yeah <my> when <laughs> I was looking in the comments, I was amazed. I was like, there was all these inside jokes I didn't understand and like all these things. And there was like, oh, there was, they, they definitely like seemed to worship the mindset, it feels like, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just because, you know, I started uploading stuff seven years ago, you know, and I'm gone, I'm gone from nothing to... You know, I'm at like 260,000 very loyal subscribers. So I've really built up this following with no tricks, right? No uh, fancy videos, no fancy thumbnails, no. no anything other than just being an authentic, passionate, high energy guy that's gone through a lot of stages in his life that ultimately a lot of people have been following me through the, you know, through this journey, this thing we call life, like... So it's like a never ending, very short 30 second vlog every day. Yeah. That they get to see me grow and get stronger and, and succeed and fail and, you know, go through highs and lows, emotional roller coasters. Well, I like that. I mean, you, that's, that's well, what life's I, all about, right? I mean, there's, 100%. There's, there's, a thing called re, there's a thing called reality TV, right? Yep. There's a reason yep. reality TV is so popular, but here's the thing. People have very short attention spans now. ADHD is, you know, like it's, it's ever increasing with cell phones and TVs and everything's available at the click of a button. Do you think people want to watch 30 minute reality TV shows? No, they want to watch 30 seconds. They want to see what life is all about in 30 seconds. And then it's on to the next. Hundred percent. That's why TikTok blew up in the way it did because people have such short attention spans. Yeah, They're like, you've got fifteen uh, seconds, and yeah, and even fifteen seconds is long on TikTok. So you you you've got to get through there. And I that's actually the the thing that I like most about your video because I do have ADD, and it is like watching yeah. ADD television. That's why even though I'm not a lifter who watches lifting videos, I got sucked into it because it's like I, I love that you've been doing this for seven years, and you're one of those you're you you're you're not a YouTuber who then got a ring light and like tried to make sure, you know, you had the best look possible. You're like, nope, it's the lifting and the screaming that matters. I'm doing it in my garage <laughs> with terrible lighting. It doesn't matter. They just need to see terrible, me. Yeah, they yeah. need to see one me. One light bulb. <laughs> and very it's, bad and it's, the camera phone. it's the garage light bulb, too. It's not even like a light bulb that you have in there. It's the one that comes on the garage. <laughs> and, and, and they all... Some video, yeah, yeah, it's great. Some videos are so dark, you can't even see what's happening. <laughs> yeah. And then they right, all just it's, end. Uh, it's just chaos. And they all, chaos is a great way of, of, of describing your YouTube channel. Because they all just like end, too, like in the middle of a stream. Not even at the end of a stream. It's always like in the middle of a stream. And I, man, I... 
I to be continued. That's what. <laughs> is that the mindset behind that? Is it just like a peak and then to be continued to tomorrow? Yeah, here's just a little taste. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what happens tomorrow. Follow along. I, if you've never, if you're watching this or you're listening to this, you need to pause it and you need to go to his YouTube channel because if you haven't seen any of the videos I'm talking about, you will not understand what I'm going to say here. But this man is screaming, like not just, not just yelling. This man is gutturally screaming so much in these videos. And it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's one of the funniest things you'll watch. Do your neighbors complain? I've had, yeah, so I've lived in the same place for like five years now. So I've had initially complaints at first, but as they got to know me more, I don't know. I mean, they just, (laughs) I don't know what persuaded them to stop hassling me, but now that everyone's totally cool with it. Did they ever call the cops in the beginning or anything like that? No, no cops. Just people saying that they were worried, you know, very loud. The house was shaking, the house was shaking, the foundation or whatever. And like, they were worried about like sinkholes because they live in Florida. So like, you know, it's like, well, guys, like, I don't mind the sound. You know, I just, I can just feel my house shaking. And, you know, we're in Florida, so I'm just worried about a potential sinkhole that maybe could happen. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, growing up, I played the drums and my, my, I was always like with the garage open playing the drums as loud as I could. Oh, yeah. And, and, uh, my neighbors all hated me. So that's why I wondered because I, I feel like even there, it doesn't matter how much space there is, the neighbors are going to complain. Yeah, unfortunately, I know. That's why I'm kind of worried about moving now. Like, I have such a good established community that, you know, maybe they don't support what I do, but they don't hassle me. And uh, I think that's, you know, that's key. You got to be able to let loose, you know, those animal instincts, uh, bestial gutters, and not have to worry about people knocking on your door. Yeah, I think that's the key. I, I definitely think that's the key, especially for your channel. From watching your channel, it does seem like that's the key. <laughs> <laughs> Moving is going to be difficult for I, you. I have I got I got viewers from a lot of different countries that probably don't speak English, but that just goes to show that communication is like ninety percent not nonverbal. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't know what the statistic is. I'm not an analyst or anything like that. I just know that this is a saying that you know we communicate with way more than our words. You know, so like bestial bellows and, you know, facial expressions and anguish and torment and all that. Like people can connect with that. Uh, yeah, definitely. I don't think you need to speak English to understand, <laughs> to understand you eating a diced up raw onion in a, in a shaker and then throwing up into it because you couldn't finish eating it. Like, I, I, I think that's universal. I'm pretty sure that's a universal language. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, you talk a lot about mindset. In, in your videos, how did changing your mindset help you grow and achieve you, the goals that you wanted to accomplish in life? Well, so that's an interesting concept that, you know, it's very cliche. Everyone knows that it's a mindset, but it's to truly understand what this means takes, you know, years of experience. Uh, and for me, it's hard to say where exactly it stemmed from, but, uh, you know, I'll go back to college wrestling in a sense. Actually, let's go back to high school wrestling. Um, so my junior year of high school wrestling, I was undefeated and I, I got to the, the state tournament and my first, um, my first round, it was different. Like if you got eliminated your first round, you're pretty much out. And <clears throat> so my first round, I had a lot of things go against me. Like, uh, back then you couldn't wear compression shorts underneath your singlet. That was like, uh, deduct, deduce the points. And then like, you had to change your underwear in like a minute. So I had to like sprint to the locker room and do all that. And needless to say, I ended up losing by a point. 
So that kind of crushed me in a sense. And then going into my senior year, like I just, I had this mindset that I just, I, no matter what I was going to do, I was going to win state. And essentially I committed everything to it and I, and I made it happen. But I got <clears throat> recruited to wrestle at University of Wisconsin and I didn't really give it much effort in the sense I wanted to go there because it was a party school. So I kind of was in that mind. I was in the wrong mindset and I didn't really thrive until going into my senior season. You know, I was like, all right, like, you know, I, I have a terrible mindset in this regard. So I started training, doing as much as I could. I went to the Olympic training center a bunch of times. Um, in the, that off season, I, I beat the national champion. I beat the big 10 champion. I was firmly believed that I couldn't have been a national champion. And then ultimately through the season, I just started losing confidence because I was a very undersized heavyweight. I was like 220 pounds and the heavyweight weight class went up to 285. So I could beat, I could beat the best and I could lose to the worst ultimately because of, you know, my confidence, my mindset, my attitude, whatever it was that particular day. So once I graduated from college, um, I didn't really have that athletic outlet anymore. So that's kind of when I really pursued like powerlifting, um, odd lift, weird lifts, things of that sort. And eventually with the lifts, everyone knows that's like, well, you should, you know, you shouldn't do the same muscle groups multiple days in a row or the same lifts. You, you know, they say you can't deadlift multiple days in a row. It's too hard on your nervous system, too taxing on your body. And eventually as I want to went against the grain, you know, I said, I don't care. I'm going to do it because I, I really enjoy deadlifting. I'm going to deadlift every single day. And I noticed that I would get stronger the more I would do it. And it's ultimately because of my, you know, it's like if I could do five pounds less or why can't I do five pounds? It's only five pounds more. If I did 600 yesterday, why couldn't I do 605 today? And I would notice sometimes I would hit bigger weights easier than I would do lighter weights the day before. So then I really started convincing myself that it's not, you know, like people put so much importance on, you know, right supplements and recovery and you got to have the best programs and all that. But it's really started to ingrain it to me that ultimately it's just about your confidence and your attitude for that particular set. It's like do or die. Like you can lift this if you really believe that you can do it. If you instill the confidence in yourself and that you have the right mindset and kind of with that attitude, I really did get very strong with certain lifts that now I would never do because I don't I just want to risk hurting myself. But back in 2014 or whenever I started lifting, doing these videos for YouTube, like lifting, like I didn't care at the time. I was willing to like break my back just because I feel like I really had a chip on my shoulder and there was something I had to prove to myself. But ultimately it was my whole like motto. Like it's mindset. Like I'm, I can do that. I believe that I can do this. And a lot of times I was able to do it. And it, against all the conventional wisdom, like, no, you know, if you don't, you need to take days off. Otherwise, you're going to only get weaker and you're not going to make any gains and yada, yada. But, I, you know, I wanted to test the theory. So ultimately, that's where that all stemmed from. It was my failures leading to experimenting, leading to extreme levels of drive and passion towards these lifts. And, and it just proved to me that, like, ultimately, confidence and attitude is the most important thing. And it carries over to anything you do in life. I mean, of course it does. So well, I think just with lifting, it's the most simple way to portray it. I, I do. I can agree wholeheartedly with everything you said in terms of uh, just, uh, you know, confidence and, and believing in yourself. And I do think that sometimes, you know, it's hard to look at a failure 
as the star of, of your next success. But I think that that is really how you need to look at things to move forward when you're, when you're trying to do anything that, that revolves around your dreams and your goals. Ultimately. Yeah. I mean, I think with failure, you're always going to grow and become better unless you quit, you know, you can fail and then you can quit and try something different. But I mean, that's, there's, that's, that's the fork in the road. You know what I mean? Like either fail and grow from it or fail and quit. So yeah, I, a lot of people take the easy route and that's just to quit and, they're not comfortable with something, you know, get away from it. But if you're not comfortable with something, it's only gonna make it, it's only gonna make it better. Yeah. You know, same thing with weights. That's why a lot of times with the lifting, that's why lifting's so great. Lifting carry lifting experiments and doing stuff in the gym is just such a great um representation of life in a sense. Like a lot of times I would try to lift weights that I knew I couldn't do because I would just want to feel it. And I would just you're never gonna successfully lift a weight if you're not even going to attempt it. Right. So I just want to feel like, what does this feel like? Maybe I can do like the, like, so for instance, on bench, like, let me just control it down. Let me just do the negative portion of the lift just to feel it and see if I can handle this. Like, I know I can't lift it completely, but how am I ever going to lift it completely? If I don't attempt to even feel it yep. to test the waters per se. Yep. And I feel like a lot of people, I would say the majority of society, you know, majority of 99% of people most likely are never even going to test the waters because it's scary and it's uncomfortable. Well, I think that's why I asked about the shifting your mindset, because I do think that that's the most, that that's the only way you really can make a change in your life. And I think that, you know, when I do the show, I try to learn something from, from all of my guests. And that was kind of what I'm trying to uh, glean from you because I do, that is my biggest struggle in the gym is like when I work out, I have so much fun doing it. I'm listening to loud music. I'm you know, rocking out while I'm doing it. I'm, uh, cause I have it in my garage, you know, and I'm, uh, I'm doing my thing. I feel great. Yeah, and I yeah. feel great afterwards. It's the pushing myself to get in there and actually do it. That's the problem. And I think that that is really the mindset thing where it's like, you just kind of have to, sh you really just have to push yourself to, to care even more than you might actually care. Well, <clears throat> I think a lot of times it's always the, uh, anticipation. That's the hardest part, right? Cause I, I mean, if it, if it applies to me, someone that lives for lifting weights, I know it's going to apply to everyone else. And sometimes I'll, you know, I'll guzzle like a gallon of coffee and I'll still be like, Oh, I'm not, I don't think I don't feel energized yet. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I need to eat more or whatever, but it's like, sometimes you're just never going to feel ready and you just need to start. And then once you start, you're like, Oh, this is amazing. So it's really just the anticipation of it all. I, I think the same thing goes a lot for like uh, getting in the ring for instance, like on TV, it's like live events. Like it's always nerve wracking, but like, you, like a lot of people in development and all that, oh, I don't know if I'm ready to move up yet. You know, like I don't feel ready, but it's like, yeah, once you just get out there in front of a crowd and you feel the energy and the excitement and all that, then it's fun. You know? So really it's, it's just, it's always just the anticipation. Yeah. That, you know, they're like, oh, I gotta go to work tomorrow and you dread it. And when you're at work, like, oh, I mean, it's not so bad, right? Yeah. I'm talking about for like an average, you know, I've worked normal jobs. Too. I think that's everyone. I, I think that's sales. anyone in any job. I've worked, going to. Yeah, I've, worked, I've worked sales jobs on the phone. And it's like dreading, like, oh, I got to talk to these people. But then you talk to them, like, that's not bad at all. <laughs> well, I mean, I get nervous before I'm going to do these conversations. The I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know these people most of the time that I'm doing these shows with. And it's like, I got to try and like, dissect how they're going to be in conversation for 45 minutes. And I get all in my head before, and then we start and it's just great. And I, and I'm like, when I leave, Fine, when yeah. I'm done afterwards, I'm like, Oh, that was so much fun. Why was I nervous for, for two days? You know? 
Yeah, I don't I don't know what like the biological mechanism is of why we are this way, but like if we just learn to like embrace the moment and not anticipate things so much, I think life would be so much more enjoyable. Uh I want to get to a one thing before we're done here. Um yeah. And that's okay. So I know you said that you were in a band when you were younger, but you still make music for fun sometimes now too, right? Because I was on your YouTube channel and it, I couldn't tell, but it seemed like that song on there <laughs> that you made while your wife was out of town. It seemed to be you just making a real manly metal song. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I need creative outlets at times. You know what I mean? If I don't have uh, anything going on in the household, like I, I gotta, I gotta do something. I gotta create some art. I got <laughs> I gotta express myself in a way and can't always do that with lifting weights. You know, sometimes, uh, sometimes I'll have a really hard session. I'll be burnt out. And then what do you do? You just, uh, grab the old guitar and I put some, uh, vocals, some, some vocals and a bunch of layers and vocal tracks over one another and just see what happens. <laughs> yeah. That whole video, I was like, man, this is like some, like, man, the, 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 the images <laughs> that go over it of all the like Vikings and everything just, Fully exemplify the vibe of that song. The barbarians, excuse barbarians me. Barbarians and eagles. Excuse me, yes, barbarians, not not Vikings. Uh, and I, it's, man, I was like, this is so you of like all these like shirtless buff dudes with swords and eagles and metal. I was like, this, I feel like this is what's going on in your brain uh, 95% of the time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. For the most part, I mean, like I said, I'm just expressing myself, right? Yeah, yeah. But music's so cool. <laughs> music is so cool. It's the and best. It's, you know, it's over the, it's over the top, and you know, it's. Uh, I figure people get a kick out of it. I get a kick out of it. The funny thing about that stuff is, like, I don't have any professional. As you know, the theme of this is all uh, like YouTube channel, <laughs> all that. It's the least professional thing ever. It's all made with a fo- a very crappy phone camera, no preparation, terrible lighting. So that particular song was the same garage band on my phone, screaming into my phone, <laughs> play guitar, recording it with my phone, like no microphones, no nothing fancy, just like not much better than like hitting the record button on a, a cassette tape on a boom box back in the day. Pretty much the exact same thing. Yeah. Raw. Great. Yeah, it was definitely raw. I recommend people go listen to it. It was it was good. It's on your I think I saw it on your Instagram, too. Is your wife back home now? Because I feel like. You were you were going crazy without her. Yeah, I figured. I was on the uh, I was booked on a holiday loop, so it was uh, like a week long. And then um, one thing or another, I worked one of the shows, but I was taken off of a few of the other shows. Maybe because Shin's hand wasn't cleared yet. I'm not exactly sure why. And uh, so essentially, I was home alone during the holidays with no family. So they they went to, across the country to visit family and assumed that I was going to be busy. And I, I was, but I kept myself busy by making tunes and lifting weights and, uh, you know, eating lots of food and trying to get swall and jacked. Drinking so much milk and eating so many bagels the whole time. Oh, yeah. It's fine. It's just uh, the thing is, I'm kind of helpless without my wife. I have her do pretty much everything for me. She'll book my hotels and tell me where I'm going. And, you know, she'll... She'll do everything for me, essentially. I just focus on eating food and lifting weights. Uh, but since she was gone, I had to, you know, dig the scraps of some food. I had to eat the stuff that we don't normally eat because, you know, I'm not going to go to the grocery store. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not the gatherer. I'm the hunter. You know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> if that makes any sense. No, it definitely makes sense. I, I completely understand. I would be I'm I'm. <laughs> 
I always, you think like when your significant other goes out of town, you're like, oh, so much freedom. But by the end of day one, you're like, man, I just like all this stuff I can't do because they're not here. Yeah, it's like, wow, I'm helpless. Yeah. I am a helpless human. I really don't do much. <laughs> I'll lay in, bed, lay in bed till noon and then lift weights for five hours. And like, God, <laughs> I'm so unproductive. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to end this with one more music question. Uh, you are a music guy. Um, it seems like you've got a, a vast array of music you like to listen to from across different eras, but who are your top three bands to work out to? To work out to, interesting. Well, most of my favorites, uh, I was obsessed. And I'm talking obsessed. I'm talking fan clubs and drawing art and buying all the fan merchandise and stuff. Megadeth was my first obsession. And then after that, I discovered Iron Maiden. This is all in like my childhood. Um, so those are always going to be like go-tos. You know what I mean? Like we can get more extreme than that. With different genres of metal but like no matter what like those bands are always going to be on the playlist per se um and then ultimately from there i would get a little bit heavier um decapitated it's pretty sick it's a groovy technical death metal so you can't go wrong with them uh but it's cannibal corpse is pretty funny it's the same tempo it's the same tempo the entire <laughs> I guess if you need something that's, you know, no melody, not melodic whatsoever, just guttural, that's a good go-to there. Children of Bodom is a, a good melodic, more death metal band that it just depends on all the, the mood. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like Iron Maiden and Negadeth are all, you know, Negadeth, more thrash metal, Iron Maiden, more uh, melodic, epic metal or classic metal per se. So really depends on how I feel. I mean, sometimes I'll listen to Phil Collins. While know? working out? Yeah. I don't care anymore. Wow. I don't care. I'm I, like, damn, I don't care. I don't care. It seems <laughs> hard to work out to like slower or like older music like that. That's not like in your face the whole time. Because whenever those come on in my well, shuffle, it's hard. Sometimes, like, you know, it's all about, it's all about, it's all about uh, a system if you will. Sometimes it's good to start off, you know, like a little more mellow. Uh, you know, you're talking maybe like a Phil Collins, talking maybe a Genesis, something along those lines with your warm-up sets. And then you can really crank the intensity when it's getting heavy, right? That way you're not burning yourself out with intensity on these light warm-up sets. How long is That's your typical workout? How long? Yeah. Uh, usually two hours. Damn. Uh, sometimes more okay. if I'm just scatterbrained and taking extremely long rests and you know, like if I, if I fail something, like if I take a very long time to warm up to a big weight and I fail it and it devastates me and an emotional breakdown, then I'll just, you know, I'm going to try something new. I'm going to pursue something that's going to better me. Like maybe I failed this lift, but this, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to do it because I failed this. I'm going to crush this. I'm going to hit a PR, a personal record, and something I never would have if I didn't fail this. I like I like to look at things as catalysts for the most part. Well, because everything's a catalyst to bigger and better things. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree with you. And I want to say, you got to put a playlist on like Spotify or something, like a workout playlist that people can go find. Because people people have made it. People, there's already playlists. 
Oh, there are. Listening. You have one that's yeah, out I'm there. Not, I'm not just. I'm not just Rick Boogs. You know what I'm saying? I'm. Uh, I'm the the cult figure Eric Bugenhagen. Yes. Right. The Tobogganhagen. The you know Ricky, Ricky, Hagen. Yes. Rick Del Hagen. Right. <laughs> 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 Formerly Sticky Rick, I saw in the in the, in the comments. Ricky, yeah, Barbaric Eric, whatever you want to go by. Like people that will. So there's already playlists because I've had, I, dude, I've had so I've made so many videos, like thousands, and I, <laughs> with every video there's a song. So on Spotify, you type in like Eric Bugenhagen, there's a bunch of playlists that are. It's not all my stuff, but for the most part, whatever playlists are up there is that's all stuff based off of. Uh, tracks that i've had on lifting videos well i'm gonna go look those up because i was like man i <laughs> I, I need some I, my i've run my playlist out that i work out too and so i i need some new ones and the ones you were children bodem awesome those are great bands that you were listening listening listing so i will go listen to them all right well thank you so much for doing this today i really appreciate it this was an awesome conversation and i really have enjoyed seeing your progression from nxt to now and i really feel like like you said, you've only scratched the surface, and I really feel like you're going to have a big career in WWE. I think you're a future world champion, so I look forward to seeing that happen one day. Well, I appreciate you so much, dude. Thank you for talking to me and taking the time, and I hope we can do this again. And then we can just capitalize on everything we talked about, because I think the moral of the, uh, the message is always going to be the same. Right? I'm talking about catalysts of success and greatness. But remember that time? Talked to you in 2000, the beginning of 2022. Yep. When you, you know, you, you went from a boy to a man, and eventually I'll be like a, a freak specimen. I don't even know what, I, but hopefully that by that next transformation, we can talk again and have some laughs and giggles. This will be the catalyst to you winning the world title in a few years. So, you know, this, 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 <laughs> this is how we'll get there. This, you can look back at this and be like, man, he was the one that said it to me, and now it's going to, that, then it happened. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's go off of that. Sure. <laughs> All right, man. Well, have a good one. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You too. Later, dude. That was Rick Boogs. Really, really enjoyed that conversation. Go check out his YouTube channel. I'm telling you, you will get sucked into it for as long as I did. There's like seven years worth of insane lifting videos. You will love it just as much as I did. I guarantee it. All right. Let me get some of these technical things out of the way. Make sure that you go subscribe to Out of Character on whatever podcast platform you listen on, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, whatever you're on, make sure that you subscribe to this show on there. And if you can, if you can, I would really appreciate it if you left a review or a rating that says how much you like this show. Don't say it if you didn't like it. Just, just move on. I don't want to read the negative comment, but if you got a positive one, please leave it there. Also, make sure that you follow WWE on Fox on social media as well. YouTube. Twitter, Facebook, and also make sure that you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find clips from Raw, SmackDown every week, and where you can find the full version of this show on video every week. It premieres at 9 a.m. Pacific time on the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. Just go there, subscribe, and each week when the new videos go up, you can click that little bell to get notified. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this is Out of Character. For the best stories, easy to find scores and comprehensive team pages, 
plus access to every live Fox Sports game and exclusive bonus cameras, download the all-new Fox Sports app now.